Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another True Crime Tuesday. I'm your host, Isabella. And I'm Asta. And this is Oddly Unexplained. Now, we have a very special case for you today. This is actually going to be really weird. So, this is technically case swap, but not case swap, because today I'm going to be bringing you a case that's a part one of a mini-series I'm doing. Now, part one is a true crime case, and part two is a paranormal case. Yes, my expertise. Yes. So, this, I'm very excited about this case. Now, I don't think we have any listener discretion this week besides just general murder and true crime themes, but today's case is a very odd one, a case where we're not quite sure if a man just didn't want to go to jail or if a man was truly being told things in his head. This is the case of the DeFeo family murders. The DeFeo family consisted of Ronald DeFeo Sr., Louise DeFeo, Ronald DeFeo Jr., bit weird, but anyway, he was 23. Anybody names this, like, their kids after themselves? It's a red flag. I don't know why. And that like, one... I'm so great. I need my child's be named after And also, like, you're not calling up the stairs Ronald Jr. Like, that's weird. Exactly. Like, oh, hi, Ronald Jr. Do you want a bottle? I'm like, no, that's just going to be confusing. But we've got a couple more kids. We have Dawn, who's 18, Allison, who's 13, Mark, who's 12, and John Matthew, who's 9. Heaps of kids. A lot of kids in this family. Now, the father of the Tefeo family, Ronald Sr., worked for his father at a successful car dealership. And it was this job that allowed the Tefeo family to upgrade their house from a small apartment in Brooklyn to a three-story waterfront home originally built in 1927 at 112 Ocean Avenue, Amityville, Long Island, New York. Now, Asta's going to give us a quick yes. description of this house. So, going into this, I just want to say I've not seen this house before. I've only seen, like, very brief pictures relating to the space because this is quite a famous space. It is. But I've never, like, had to describe it. So, basically, <laughs> it's like, it's three stories. The top story is like smaller than the other stories and has those little like mini house windows coming out of it. Then there's two big stories, a big door, like a huge door, um, not wide, just a very tall door. Yeah. And it has heaps of windows out the front, very like classical house. Yeah. It's a very waterfront sort of community exactly. home. But then if I look on the sides, each side, they have like a, like another bit coming out of it on both sides, which almost looks like it's got those like big gated doors. Yeah. One of them does, the other one does not. And it has, I can't see a door on the side that it's facing going out, but it has almost like a semi-balcony thing. Yeah, it does have this weird big balcony space. And it is a very big house. Yes, it's quite a large house. I guess it'd be like one, two, like one maybe five rooms yeah i'd say five bedrooms is probably a good assumption now we're gonna jump into just the dynamic of the defeo family now it was really interesting they were like we said such a large family and it was speculated by people who knew the defeo family at the time that ronald senior began to abuse his family and it was mostly targeted at butch now butch is the nickname they gave the oldest son so ronald defeo jr yes so we're going to be talking about butch and we're going to call him butch for the rest of the episode now, it's, it, a, it's a very 
mean it is a mean nickname but i guess that's that's the problem with calling the kid the same name as you mm. now it even reported that butch may have suffered some form of head trauma due to his father so this is extensive now as bad as it was for butch it wasn't just him who seemed to be targeted his mother also reportedly was the victim of a lot of abuse coming from richard senior so we have a big abusive family and like clearly like a head of the family yeah he might he makes me think like a crime boss like ronald defeo senior like it's big crime boss name but anyway um another factor in this family family dynamic was actually butch himself now he was a very troubled and angry kid and he was often involved in fights at school as well as just being straight disobedient so he was both the instigator of fights and the victim of fights so it was sort of like a vicious cycle okay so i do really want to ask when is this set um so we're looking at around 19 oh wait sorry 1974. Okay, so that's the year that's the specific year we're going to be looking at but just around the 1970s i find it weird that he's still at home it is a bit weird but i think as we sort of start looking deeper into this family and specifically butch i think it starts to become a bit more clear now, his parents took him to a psychiatrist in an attempt to help Butch, but when that didn't work, they took a new approach, which consisted of basically just bribing him with money to behave. <laughs> so, like, they would just pay him large chunks of cash, like a substantial amount. And as Butch got older, what would he use with these drugs? What would he do with this money but for drugs? Drugs, money, drugs, alcohol. Yeah, pretty much. Now, this drug's heroin. That's not heroin. That is a hard drug. That is a hard, hard, hard drug. It's not just like some weed. Now, this just further. He's buying it with all this money. I don't know. Heroin dealerships. Jake down the street. (laughs) Yeah, just Jake down the street. Now, this further escalated Butch's anger towards others, and eventually he was expelled at 17. So all this happened before he was 17 years old. Now, the reason I said he was 23 at the beginning is because that is in 1974 he was 23. So all those ages I gave at the beginning are based on 1974. Which was the year we were being. Yes, but this is just some of the background. So at the point right now we're focusing in on he was 17 when he got expelled. Now, shortly after that, he got a job at the car dealership that his parent, that his dad and his um, grandfather, yeah, but it was his grandfather. And it was around this time that Butch began to collect guns. So when I- If anybody you know collects guns, run. So he was, his family were not aware that he was collecting guns. That is not a normal So I don't know where he was hiding them, but he was hiding them. Now, we're going to jump till 1974. And on November 13th, 1974, things only got worse. At around 3 a.m., Butch awoke and walked throughout his home where his family slept, silently holding a rifle he had just recently purchased. Don't give rifles to kids. Yes. N- now, he walked into his parents' room, rolled them both onto their stomachs, we think. So, what's really odd is when 
you know what? I'll just, we'll come back to this in a second. Now, he shot his father first in the back. This killed his father instantly. So, I think he actually shot him twice, but the shot that killed him was the shot to his back. But there were two gunshot wounds when they looked at him in autopsy. he was on his back? No, he was on his back. So, it wouldn't be like, shot, stand up? No, no. So, I think he might have shot him again after he was already dead. I don't know. Now, this awoke his mother, even though there was a muffler on the gun. And, but before his mother could even move, Butch shot his mother twice between the ribs. So, was this again after he was dead? Um, no. So, she got two shots in the ribs, but they were both, they were like one after the other. They were both. I think, no, they can't both be fatal. Well, yeah, but like if... If one, we don't know which one, because they were in the same spot. Now, then he walked out of his room where his dead parents lay and headed towards the hall. Now, he walked down the hallway in his house into his younger brothers, Mark and John's room. Now, Butch entered their room where they lay face down on their stomachs yet again. So when I say they lay face down on their stomachs, that is how they were found... But we don't know. So, like, earlier I said something about, like, rolling them. We assumed he must have because they were, like, ramrod straight on the ground, like, face I down. I don't know anybody So, I think it's most likely oh, – that's a weird detail, but I've got more. I've got more weird details. Now, he proceeded to shoot them both in the stomachs and which killed them both. Now, once again, Butch stepped out into the hallway and proceeded into the third bedroom where his sister, this is Addison, slept. But the gunshots had awoken her. And when Butch stepped into the room, she turned around and looked straight at him. And he shot her in the face, killing her instantly. She wasn't found. I think she was too. So I think he must have moved the body. Because as far as I remember from my source material... They didn't go into specifics, but it did say that, like, they were found face down. So, I'm assuming that... It's just weird. I don't know. I'm assuming he must have had to move them or something because... And Addison certainly wasn't lying down like that. She wasn't lying down at all. But Butch wasn't finished. Now, he stepped down to the hallway once again and once again and headed into the fourth and final bedroom where his sister Donna slept. Now, Butch walked into her room and shot her in the face, killing her. Now, then he proceeded to Henry's Bar, which is about a six-minute walk. Could have drived, but there really wouldn't have been any points just up the road. And once he entered the bar, he screamed, you got to help me. I think my mother and father are shot. Now, Butch then proceeded to head back to his home with a group of other people from the bar, and they called the police. Now, once the police arrived at the scene, they took Ronald down to the station for questioning as, you know, he's the last surviving family member. Makes sense. Now, they began to interrogate him. And as they as they did, they noticed significant inconsistencies to his story. And when I say, like, significant, um, they, you can't actually find too many police documents because it's from the 70s and it's a big case, that kind of thing. But, like... Um, what I've basically, I'm assuming that by significant inconsistencies, which is the kind of phrasing my source material was using, I'm assuming things like timing, positions of the bodies, things like that. 
like big things. That's what that screams to me. But the day after that, he confessed to murdering his family. So it wasn't a lot. It wasn't like... No, they, they interrogate him for a day and he cracked. Which is a bit odd because, I don't know, it usually takes a bit longer. Anyway, his trial commenced on October 14, 1975. DeFeo pled guilty but used an insanity plea claiming to have been hearing voices in his head urging them to kill him. Now, this plea was backed up by his psychiatrist, not the one from when he was a child, but a newly appointed one. But the prosecution claimed that he committed the most heinous of crimes and therefore they did not accept his insanity plea. And on November 21st, 1975, um, Ronald Jr. Butch, was found guilty on six counts of second-degree murder. On December 4th, 1975, Judge Thomas Stark sentenced Richard, sorry, Ronald, to six sentences, 25 years to life. So 25, if he just had 25 years alone, that's over 100 years in jail. So plus, if they're going to life, he's not getting out. And he died at the age of 69 or 60. I'm pretty sure it's one of those two. It's actually hard to find that information. I don't know why. But anyway, there's a couple other things I would like to touch on. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is I did not put it in the main story because I thought it was a bit odd. And I also couldn't find it anywhere else than one article that I was reading. I couldn't cross-reference it with any other source material. But... It was saying that he confessed to have drugged his family. But the thing is, there was nothing really in their talk screen. So, like, I don't know. If you didn't actually drug your family, why would you tell the police that? But then the other question is, if he didn't drug his family, how come they all just, like, like Katie Cabin? That was a big question. How come they just sat there and heard someone being murdered in the room next door and didn't even move? You're like, yeah. Happens all the time. But, um, also, the next thing I want to talk about is obviously them lying face down in the bed. (gasps) Okay. Why? So, my theory. He wanted them to, like, I think it was, like, a power play or something. Yeah. Or he didn't want to, like, the dead body staring at him. I guess, I just think it's a bit of a weird position. It is, because specifically, like, it's not a position you sleep in. It's not a position, like, when I relax, I don't just put my head in the carpet. I guess it is a sort of, like, a surrendering kind of position, like, head on the ground, hands up, face down. Like, I guess that could be the sort of thing. Like I'm a- guessing he ordered them to do that. Oh, he just put the bodies like that? Ooh. I also think that probably the weirdest thing about this case is if you know the Amityville story, that's you can probably guess what part two might be. But anyway, with ghosts in this case, I wouldn't say it's huge. I wouldn't say ghosts are a primary point in this case. It's definitely there. Because it's like Yes, the voice is in his head. But at the same point, you just sort of have to wonder, like was that like I don't know it's you can't prove something like that but I don't know like it's one thing to have voices in your head telling you to tell people and it's another thing to do it 
It's another thing to do it to your whole family. Yeah. I guess the thing is, ghosts... And it feels like a planned out case. It does. I mean, the fact that he was buying guns for months and before... It's not, like... it's not like one night ghosts told him to go into his garage, get his dad's gun, and go around. Like, he had been buying the guns. And I don't... I know a bit about ghosts, but it's usually from media. I've done some other research, but basically what I found is it's very... I don't... There's not very many cases of, like... um. Oh my goodness, what is it called? Demons in your head. Well, not like... You know what I mean? Like a ghost in your body? Possession. Possession, that's what it is. But there's not actually that many... That's more of a thing of Hollywood. And I don't think... Like, even if there were voices in your head, just ignore them. That's harder said than done, because if I'm just like, Isabella kills someone, Isabella kills someone, Isabella kills someone, Isabella kills someone, Isabella kills someone. someone." I understand, but I feel like... like, You would act on it. It's not like, hmm, how am I going to kill someone? Oh, I'm going to kill my whole family. It's not a crime of passion. This is a crime of passion. It's a crime of passion. That's why I don't believe it. If it was just like a random, like... It's not like an opportunistic. No, it's entirely, it's very planned, and... I feel, I do think it's a tad bit odd, his bar reaction. And that does make me maybe believe the voices in his head. Because I guess if he was possessed and he killed his entire family without noticing, then he's unpossessed all of a sudden. Maybe he would think that he hadn't done it. But then he didn't do it. I don't know. I think it's, but at the same point, a lot of people do say with this case that the DeFeos were the reason it later becomes haunted. Because this is the first family when it comes, when we talk about the Amityville horror, which is actually what my next episodes are going to be on. Like, this was the first one. But I'd say, like, with the next couple, specifically the next one, it is very obviously sort of haunted. But I would say often people are like, oh, well, it's the ghost of the DeFeo family. So I'm wondering, like, I don't know. I also do think it's a bit odd that there were so many kids in this house. It is, especially because some of them are quite like old. Yeah, I will say, yeah, it's a bit culty to me. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this case. And Asta, give me a sneak peek of what Thursday so, should be. Since Isabella is doing a mini series, I'm thinking about doing maybe a mini series with some crimes that all link together. Ooh. So I'm thinking, but my crime on Friday probably will be the death of Marilyn Monroe. Which should be really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I might do like JFK and the Curse of the Kennedys. Diana. Diana, like crimes of Hollywood. Yes. Which, or media crimes. That should be interesting, I think. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. See you guys later. Bye. And remember to lock those doors.